Hey everybody, welcome to the first Brodacross podcast. The unnamed, I'm just going to call it the bro show, I think, because it doesn't matter what I call it, that's what everybody's going to call it, they're just going to call it the bro show, so even though that's not original at all, that's where we're going with, welcome to the bro show, episode one. I tried a podcast like four years ago, and it wound up terrible, I actually thought it was really good, and then everybody told me that it fucking sucked, and then I was like, oh my god, my feelings are kind of hurt right now, and then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, this fucking sucks. So then I didn't try it for a really long time because if there's ever one lesson you need to learn in life, it's that when something doesn't work out, just fucking give up. And uh, then, I don't know, try again four years later. Anyway, we're doing this. Uh, this podcast is going to be different from any from DMXS or Pulp or any of the other ones in that it's just going to be me. It's just going to be me fucking talking. I, I went cheap. I didn't go for all the equipment, because I was like, I don't really feel like taking phone calls from people or having guests on, maybe in the future, but for now, it's just going to be me talking about dirt bikes and riding dirt bikes. I want to talk a lot about that, too, like actually going to the track and riding dirt bikes, because you can listen to Pulp or DMXS if you want to hear from pro guys or hear about pro guys, and I'm going to talk about that, too, but, you know, I'm at the track every week, and I think that that keeps me grounded with the sport, so... I'm going to talk about that shit, just experiences of being at the track in, uh, well, now I go to the tracks in California. I live out here full time now, no, no more East Coast. And uh, tracks in California are pretty sweet in that, here, the, the, want to know the absolute best part? Quads are not allowed on them. That's fucking awesome. You know, I, was, I think I've been like public enemy number one from quads from back in the day when I was in the, in New England. Like, they, they fucking... Ha- I hated them, and they fucking hated me. Literally got death threats. But I don't really hate them anymore, you know? Like, I don't get why people ride quads when I think dirt bikes are way more fun and look way more fun, too, and are cheaper and are less dangerous. But, uh, you know, if you want to ride quads, that's fine with me, as long as you're not riding on my tracks. And that's what they do here in California. There's no quads allowed on my tracks, which is fucking great. It's like... As long as you keep them separate, it's it's like quad partide, you know, just separate separate the quads and the bikes, you know, that's what I'm gonna call it, quad partide, and that's what they do out here in California, and I think that the rest of the country just give quads their own tracks. I'm not even saying give quads shitty tracks, just give them their own tracks, and then they're not gonna ruin dirt bike tracks, and they can have fun, and we can have fun, and we can all be friends, because I have met some quad riders that I was like, oh man, you're not a piece of shit. Okay, maybe. Maybe I was wrong. In my youth, I was very judgmental in my youth. And I think that just seeing, I don't know, seeing a claw just mow down a rut just filled me with hate. It was like something out of Star Wars, you know. I just saw the dark side, and it filled me with rage. And, uh, but yeah, so now I don't hate quads that much anymore. I mean, let's all be friends. Okay, and uh, yeah, so... I'm going to talk about riding dirt bikes and shit. And we're gonna, I'm, I'm definitely still going to cover the pro stuff, which I'm going to do right now. San Diego just happened, and uh, let's talk about that fucking Ryan Dungey. Rock solid still. That guy's got 18 straight podiums in Supercross. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, hey, wait, is that a record, bro? Because why would you be bringing that up? Great question, fair listener. And I looked it up because I was like, maybe Carmichael didn't even get 
that many podiums. 18 podiums? That's no, that's no joke. That's more than a full season. And uh, Dungey is not even close. 36 is Carmichael's podium streak record. Fucking double. Guy, that, guy, that guy was a machine. I also looked up Jeremy McGrath, king of Supercross. No choice. Had to do it. Uh, McGrath had 19, so he beat Dungey too, but Dungey's one away. So if Dungey podiums A2 this weekend, he will have tied McGrath's record for podium streak. I looked up James Stewart too because um, I felt like I should. He, I, I don't even actually remember exactly what it was. It wasn't 18. He definitely does not have Dungey beat. James Stewart, man, it's tough. It's tough to watch that guy ride right now because it's like he's still so good. And if you ever get a chance to go, if you haven't been to a Supercross and seen James Stewart and you have a chance, do it because you will see, like, just watch him in practice. You will see how fucking good that guy is. Like, he still is capable of doing things on a motorcycle that nobody can do on the planet. And so to just watch him in these races and you're just like, God damn it, James fucking just goddamn keep the fucking two wheels up and goddamn ride the goddamn bike the way you fucking know how and just stop fucking crashing and getting into these predicaments where you get fucking hurt jesus christ like you you know you're not angry but you are but you're only angry because you want to see him do well because you know how good he is that's how i mean that's how i feel at least his crash at a2 sorry a1 fucking idiot uh when I was, because I was watching way up high. I watched Supercross on the nosebleeds. If you don't watch Supercross on the nosebleeds, you're a fucking idiot. And because uh, you can see the whole track down low, you cannot see the track. And uh, I mean, you can, you're getting close to the action, but you know, I would much rather be able to see what's actually happening. And uh, that's why, you know, here's how you go to Supercross: go to Supercross early, get there for practice, watch practice from down low, get a good spot near your rhythm section because there's probably going to be some good crashes. And then for the races, go up high. And you're fucking golden. That's how to do it. So anyway, uh, but I'm about to contradict myself right now because I didn't have a good view of Stewart's crash at Anaheim when Dungey hit him. So uh, when he went down, it didn't look that bad. And when he stayed down and they fucking red flagged the race, I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy's made of glass. And uh, then I actually watched the race and saw the crash and was like, oh shit, fucking rocked his dome. So, you know, I could understand that. I was kind of surprised that he came back after one week because if you, I mean, dude, if you got knocked out, you have a concussion. So if he really did get knocked out, like lose consciousness, then one week doesn't seem like enough time. But hey, who the fuck am I? I'm not a goddamn doctor. So, you know, they do, riders do concussion tests before the season. And I know that the strategy for pretty much everybody is fudge those baseline numbers and make them worse than normal so it's easier for you to pass a concussion test. So I'm, I'm betting that's what he did. And then he came out and rode San Diego. In practice, he didn't look that bad. He looked, he rode the first practice. He looked okay. And uh, I can't remember if he rode second pra- the first time practice, which is second practice. I know that he didn't show up for the last one and was out for the night. Said so he's all dazed and confused. And it's just, like, you know, another chapter in the saga that, of James Stewart question marks in his late career because you're just like is he ever going to get it back to where to like oh his 125 days James Stewart greatest 125 rider of all time no fucking question about it and you're just like is he ever going to get back to that point where he is that good because it's like dude we haven't seen him on a supercross track in so long 
you were hoping that he was just taking that whole time and just watching tapes and just letting it stew this hatred for everybody else and wanting to win so bad. Maybe he was, but and he looked good and fucking won straight rhythm and he but after straight rhythm went great and then you know, Monster Cup was a disaster, and Anaheim One was a disaster, and San San Diego. You can't even call that a disaster because it didn't even happen. So, but how about Chad Reed? That was the best Chad Reed we've seen in a really long time. And if it wasn't the best Ryan Dungey we've seen in a really long time, then Chad would have won that race because Chad was all over the entire time. Twenty minutes straight of Chad Reed just breathing down your neck. But Dungey is so precise. He just clicks off lap after lap. No mistakes. Just ice cold. And do people call Dungey? No, that was Brock Hepler, the Iceman. Not a really good nickname for him. He made lots of mistakes on the track. And uh, Ryan Dungey should be called the Iceman because he does not fuck up ever. It like, It's like, I wonder if that guy, how many push-ups does he make himself do? If he drops it in a turn on the practice track, it has to be like a hundred thousand because he just doesn't, he never fucks up ever. So yeah, that was fucking 450 class and Cooper Webb in the 250 class. That guy's, I've said this before. We have not seen, uh, I don't want to say lights cause it's fucking retarded. And Stewart was a 125 rider, but we have not seen a small bore, rider as dominant in supercross as cooper webb is since james stewart like that kid is like i don't see how it's possible for him to lose a race right now you know like he's so good he's gonna win the championship not even a fucking question about that although you want to know what i would have said the exact same thing about jeffrey hurlings the past two years and look what the fuck happened there so that's i guess the beauty and the shit of motocross and supercross is anything can happen but that being said cooper webb's gonna win the fucking 250 west he's so that kid is writing his own check for 450 next year because every he's gonna be the hottest commodity definitely because you know you've got martin moving up i think martin's gonna move up next year but martin's not as good at supercross great fucking outdoor rider but Cooper will fucking run laps around that kid in Supercross. I like Cooper too, because he just does it. He knows. He knows that he's the shit. You see him, when you see him get off of the track after a heat race or something, and he'll go up into the stands and watch, he'll just go out. He sits next to Swanepole and just fucking gives him the knuckles. They don't even exchange any words. It's just like, yep, we knew what was going to happen there. Fucking lined up, smoked everybody. Fucking, now I'm going to get a few girls' phone numbers because I'm going to be, they, everybody wants to fuck the guy that wins. But you guys already knew that. You didn't need me to tell you that. I saw a girl, to totally change topics, uh, in the bar after the race at San Diego. And she, like, the, she was this, one of those girls that doesn't know anything about Supercross. A fucking idiot. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Not really, though. And uh, so I was talking to her, and I'm always fascinated by Motoho psychology genuinely fascinates me. And this girl, like I said, she doesn't know anything about motocross, so she's not technically a Motoho. So I was like, all right, let's see, we're going to do Mary Fuck Kill, Ryan Dungey, Ken Roxon, Trey Kennard. Okay, and I just picked those names randomly, which means I was totally fucking over Trey Kennard because it's like and it really was just random but like yeah Ryan Dungey Ken Rocks and Trey Kennard 
everyone knows you're killing Trey Kennard. And not, and not nothing wrong with Trey. Great fucking rider. Get a little heavy on the Jesus stuff sometimes. I'll uh, I'll address that another time. I don't feel like talking about it right now. But you know, I feel like every female on the planet is gonna say Dungey rocks and over Kennard. So tough hit for Trey. She didn't even know who the fuck he was. So it's like, all right, yeah, kill Trey. But then she was like, she said she would fuck Ryan Dungey, and I was like, you're no, no, you're wrong. That's stupid. Dungey's the champion. He's gonna take care of you financially for your whole life. You marry the champion. I know Roxanne's been a champion too, but Dungey, Dungey's got more of a nest egg, okay? And Roxanne's German, so everybody knows America was founded by prudes, so, you know, you want to get some of the freaky European shit in your life, so. Yeah, I gave her the 411 on that topic, and then we talked about something else. I don't fucking know. It was a weird thing to talk about, for sure. I don't usually do that. I don't sit in my head and think up Mary fuck, kill scenarios with professional motocross riders. But, hey, I'll, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Fuck you guys. Um, what? Oh, I was just talking about Cooper Webb. Speaking of the 250 class, fucking Jimmy Dakotas, dude. Fucking A1. All right, no, I'm going to do this because I actually want to do this regularly. The uh, Jimmy Dakotas race report f- as a person from Boston. This is how I should speak. I don't know why I don't speak like this. But, uh, yeah, so fucking Jimmy Dakotas, dude. Comes out, Anaheim won, fourth. First ride on the fucking Geico Honda. Can you fucking believe that, kid? And I know what you're fucking saying. You're like, oh, bro, fucking Dakotas rode for that Geico Honda team in 2011. Well, he was a fucking replacement rider. That doesn't even fucking count. What are you, a fucking retard? He fucking had no time on the motorcycle. And then right when he does have time, 2012, coming in hot, fucking breaks both of his ankles like an idiot. So then, all right, let's get back to the fucking current times. Full-time Geico Honda ride. Well, Supercross only. But he fucking gets a fourth at Anaheim 1. Comes into San Diego. Top three qualifying. Just kidding. Top five. Yeah, I think he was fourth. Top five qualifying. And he fucking rips the heat race. No problem. Into the main event. Fucking first turn starts fucking second place. Right behind his teammate. Looking great. Lap two, going for the lead, kid. Drops it like a fucking Joe. Just tucks the front end trying to go inside at Jordan Smith. And Smitty's saying, not having any of that. And Dakotas hits the fucking ground. And then he comes back to fucking seventh or eighth. I don't know. It wasn't fist. So, fucking bullshit. No, yeah, Jimmy uh, went down. Uh, It was a good ride. Actually, no. He fucking should he he should have been on the podium in that race. I really think he should have been because Smith got on the podium. I think Jimmy had his pace. But uh, you know, overall, psyched for how the Ripper is riding. I've saw I've seen some people chirping off saying that he didn't deserve that ride. They can all eat a dick. He fucking rips, and everybody loves him. That's the thing. Everybody in motocross has this fucking such shallow mentality about, oh, the only thing that matters is fucking results. That's not fucking true. If you're a company like Geico, you just want exposure. And Jimmy D has a massive fan base. And he fucking rips. That's the other thing. It's like, all right, if he wasn't putting down results at all, sure. But he gets good results. Not amazing. Hasn't won anything. Hasn't podiumed. 
I mean, you won in Australia. Good job. Good stuff. But, and, okay, won a little bit in Canada, too. Not in America. Hasn't won anything in America. But has a massive following. Like, everybody loves the Ripper. So, to say that he doesn't deserve the ride is fucking ridiculous. Because he's got all these people who love him. They're coming to see him in the pits. They want to see pictures of him. They want to see the fuck. Actually, nobody gives a fuck about seeing the Geico logo on the bike. But that's car insurance. To sell that shit, it's just get it in front of the eyeballs. That's all you got to do. That's why car insurance companies regularly have ads that have nothing to do with the fucking product. It's just like, hey, fucking Geico. 15 minutes could save you fucking 15%. That doesn't mean anything. It could save you 50%. That's literally all they say about the fucking product. They just want it in front of your eyeballs, and now I'm fucking ranting. I haven't even mentioned anything about motocross in the past fucking 30 seconds, I don't think. But yeah, so Jimmy D, well-deserving of the ride. Cause, and I didn't mean to say that he doesn't put in results. He does put in results, and, that's, and results are still fucking important. And there's plenty of other guys that deserve good fucking rides, too, that are really fucking popular. So anyway, back to uh, dirt bikes. What's in the news? Justin Barsha is now out. He did not have a good go at Anaheim 1 or San Diego. A1 was surprising because I really thought that Barsha was going to come in. He crushed the second half of outdoors. Let's be real. After Bud's Creek, after that mud moto, he just had the swagger and knew that he was ripping and crushed the last half of outdoors. Did awesome at Motocross of Nations also, and I fully expected him to come in and be one of the guys. Him and Tomac. Tomac surprised me too. But anyway, Barsha, he got apparently got arm pump or something. I don't know how that kid doesn't get arm pump all the time. In fact, he is the number one rider that I watch on the track, especially at national track, and just say, how the fuck can that kid hold on for 35 minutes out there? He is moving so much on the motorcycle, and pinning it everywhere, even a 450. Because that's what everybody said about Barsha. They were like, he's got a style for a 250. He can't ride a 450. Came on with a 450, calmed it down a little bit, but still way overrides the bike for, for what a normal person should. I mean, it works for him, so who gives a fuck? But I just can't believe that he can even ride without getting arm pumped because I get the gnarliest arm pump that has ever happened or will ever happen. Like my... Oh, God, I can't even fucking... Like, thinking about it now is giving me anxiety because I'm like, shit. Because there's nothing... That's what sucks about uh, motocross because if you get tired and you're fucking playing soccer or something, you just run around and be tired. If you get tired on a dirt bike, an arm pump especially, you might fucking kill yourself because there... I mean, dude, if anybody who's got an arm pump before knows, hitting certain sections and certain jumps when you're pumped up is the scariest fucking thing in the world. That's what, riding a supercross track with arm pump, I don't even know how that can happen. And these guys do it. So, they're fucking animals. But anyway, yeah, Barsha really epically faded at Anaheim. Not too good at San Diego, and he's out now. Bummer for the JGR dudes. But they got Pike coming back. So, and now Nicoletti gets to keep riding. So, good on him. I saw this video, somebody posted this video about it was called like Justin Barsha dirtiest rider ever or something. And it's like a compilation of Barsha making allegedly dirty passes. 
And uh, it, the video is like seven minutes long, and I, I got, I didn't get all the way through, so maybe there was some gnarly stuff at the end, but I watched like five minutes, and every one of those passes was, I mean, aggressive, but not that bad. I wouldn't call any of them dirty. That's what fucking pisses me off these days, is any time a rider, and it's so, so perfectly representative of the America that we live in now, where Everybody needs to get upset about something. And any time a rider makes a block pass or takes somebody out, it's, oh, that he's, he is, he's, he's too dirty. He's too dirty of a rider. He's riding too aggressive. That's dangerous. If you are not that rider on the track who got taken out, or if you are one of the riders who has been taken out, or if you don't have a direct relationship with the rider, like you're not his dad, his brother, or you're not fucking him every day you should not be worried about it it's just ridiculous like any time a rider makes a block pass and there's contact people are chirping off about that he's too aggressive and nobody appreciates how intensely competitive the sport is today like every rider on the track out there in a main event is a similar speed and that's how you got to make passes in Supercross, especially because the tracks are so tight. And I mean, it's a desperation game out there. Like you are constantly trying to move forward and you've got 10 guys around you that are pretty much the same speed. And guess what? Everybody's getting paid for it to go out there and put in results. So to constantly get upset when riders are block passing people, is fucking ridiculous. And, okay, now I'm going to bring up the Vince Freeze example. Vince, at Anaheim, he was getting good starts, and then he was in front of riders who were definitely better than him, and he was desperately trying to stay in front of those riders. And he was doing some dumb shit, like taking guys out, and I think the worst thing you can do is fade on the bigger jumps, fade out into a rider's line, which he was definitely doing. And... But he, you know, he didn't kill anyone. Freeze, or he, sorry, he took out Pike, and Pike reacted the way that a lot of people definitely wanted to by smashing him in the head a few times. But you know what? That's these guys. That it goes back to what I was saying about how competitive it is. And honestly, the fact that this doesn't happen more often, I think, is a testament to the professionalism that most of the riders have these days. They understand that, you know, they're getting paid to do this shit. And Corpo sponsors don't like fights. I don't really have a problem with the way that the AMA handled the incident either. I think that, hey, $5,000 fine, not that big of a deal. Pike makes a lot of money. Not like an epically incredible athlete amount, but he makes a good amount of money. He can handle $5,000. One race suspension. I thought that that was a little steep because he already got a one race suspension because they disqualified him at Anaheim. So... You know, just let him race fucking San Diego. But even still, that's not that bad. I'm okay with it. It's like, you know what? If you're going to fight, I'm not, because I don't want motocross to turn into hockey. I don't want it to be like even douchier fans than are already there are coming just to see fucking fights. No problem with hockey. Love it. Don't mind the fights either. That's fun too, but that's not motocross. So, you know, it's a little slap on the wrist for Pike, and I actually thought that was handled okay. So, yay. Good job, AMA. I like Pike. Um, 
One time I needed an exhaust for my 450. I was on Suzuki's at the time. And it was right after I moved to California, so I lived over in fucking shithole Temecula. And I think I tweeted something, and Pike just straight up came back at me and was like, hey, dude, I got one you can borrow. And I'd never even met the guy before. And he just let me borrow his exhaust, which was pretty bitchin'. And that was very nice of him. So I've been a fan. Big Pike fan now. And it's nice to root for the guys that can definitely defend you should you get in an altercation at a bar. I like having friends like that. We'll just be like, Weston, get him! And he'll be like, And that'll be the end of that guy, whoever that guy was. In this case, Vince Freeze. (laughs) No, no, I actually like Vince, too. He's a good kid. Um, I think that he rides a little bit out of his... Like I said, I think he rides out of his element sometimes. But overall, good dude. No problem with him at all. I like him. I actually, you know, I've encountered several riders in my travels, and most of them are cool guys, talking about pro riders. And people, I always hear stories about this rider's a dick or this rider sucks, but honestly, they've pretty much all been cool dudes to me. Even Michael Lessey is a nice fucking kid. Tony's kind of fucking crazy, but Michael Lessey is a nice kid. And Jeff is a totally normal dude, so... Yeah, pretty much all the writers. I like them. They're good dudes. The sport has good people in it. So, yeah, anyway. Enough of the pro stuff. What the fuck else? I uh, rode Paula this week, and uh, it was my first time riding in over a month, which is unusual. I took the holidays off. Uh, Got out there on the two-stroke, the two-banger. I fucking love that thing. I don't even ride my four-stroke anymore. But uh, it was, what was it, a Friday? It was Friday at Paula, and... There were, in California, you get the, these kids exist by the dozens. The uh, team I try too hard, amateur rider, man, so many of them just need to cool it. I really think that so many of them, I think they honestly would become better riders if they just fucking took a year to just mellow out, calm down, go to normal kid school, Go fuck some girls, drink some beers, smoke some pot, and then come back and race. I mean, look at Christian Craig, dude. I love Christian Craig because he is a, first of all, he's a cool kid, but second of all, just a perfect example of the notion that taking some time off can be exactly what a rider needs, where you'll just chill out for a year and then come back faster. Because these kids, they come to the track every day and they just hammer motos. And nobody really coaches them on what to do on the track. They're just like, hey, just fucking twist it. And these kids can because they're freaks of fucking nature. But then they get to a speed where they haven't developed the right technique and they just eat shit. And I mean they eat shit regularly. Like so many of these kids, injuries are just a normal part of life, which it does not have to be the case. I mean that's how people grow to resent the sport so much and get fucking addicted to painkillers, by the way. California is ridiculous. I broke my collarbone twice in 2014, and I've broken my collarbone. The only bone I've broken, knock on wood, the only bone I've broken in my life has been my collarbone, but I've done it five times. And the first three times did it when I lived in New England. And it wasn't all motocross, but three of them were motocross. So the first three times I broke it were, was in New England. Never got prescribed anything serious, like in terms of painkillers. 
the two times I do it in California, and it, they weren't any more serious. The two times I do it in California, they are prescribing me fucking Norcos, which are, I mean, all the pill heads that are listening right now are just like, yeah, fuck yeah, Norcos. It's fucking great. We were schmazzed. And so, yeah, it's just so overprescribed in California. And that's how, I mean, we've seen it happen. So many riders get addicted to pills. And, I mean, this is the foundation of all of that is these kids who are amateurs ripping B riders and A riders that just try way too fucking hard and don't just take just take a second to mellow out, develop a little bit of technique, just, you know, a little bit more, work with a riding coach, and just fucking tighten up the screws. That's all it takes. And I think that these kids would... But they're, I mean, it's just this, they get set into this panic mode that, all right, I've got one year B, one year A, and then I need a factory contract, maybe two years A. And they're just like that, it's that three year, two to three year window where they are just fucking tight butthole the whole time because one fuck up and they're like, the world is over. Because they're homeschooled, they're never going to have any fucking real job beyond dirt bikes or working for daddy. And some of them can, I mean, working for your father, there's nothing wrong with that. So fucking have at it. If that, if you have that option, then have at it. But I think that so many of these kids just need to, you know, 16, 17, 18, they should just take a step back, chill out. And I'm not going to say that AMA needs to change the rules and make like the, the, the age for pros 20 or something. Because it's not their fucking responsibility. It's the parents and the kids. So just own up to it. Take a few years off. Chill out. And keep riding. Have a good time. Go out and fucking hit jumps. Have some fun out there. Buy a two-stroke and hit some jumps. That's a good time on a dirt bike. Because it's supposed to be fun. I don't know if you guys knew that. Even though the byline of my website is there's nothing fun about motocross. It's supposed to be ironic, dumb fucks. You have no idea how many fucking messages I've gotten from people on Facebook and shit where they're like, motocross is fucking fun. What are you talking about? Yeah, I fucking know that, you dipshit. Ugh. People, man. They, they piss me off. Ugh. Anyway, what else? I'm going to Snapchat this. Shameless promotion. Follow Brodocross on Snapchat. I snap some dope shit from the races. Sometimes there's tits. Just saying. Sometimes there's ass, too. And, uh... Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, too. What the fuck are you doing? You should follow me on everything. And if you're watching the snap right now, I'm snapping right now. What's up? And then listening to the podcast on a later date, it's like you're traveling through time. So I think that's pretty fucking bitching. Time travel is dope. Anyway, that is... I'm going to wrap it up there. That's the first bro show. So thanks for listening, dickheads. And uh, go out there and ride your dirt bikes.